Welcome to Close Up Radio, where our hosts, Doug Llewellyn and Jim Masters, bring you the amazing stories of people who answered the call to unlock their potential and taken control of their own success with authenticity, creativity, persistence, and resilience. Close Up Radio special guests share their knowledge and wisdom so you, the listener, can live the most empowered life possible. Close Up Radio. And now, here's today's host, Jim Masters. Thank you very much for joining us, everybody. We're live worldwide on Close Up Radio. It's 2 p.m. Eastern here at the Broadcast Center. And a pleasure to have you here. And also a pleasure to welcome and to highlight Radiation Oncology's Dr. Sophia Edwards-Bennett, based in Tampa, Florida, known affectionately to patients as Dr. E.B., an exceptional radiation oncologist and cancer authority. She has been honored as a top doctor locally and international and in a number of who's who editions and was featured on NBC and Fox and the Success Network as well. She's practiced in two countries in numerous states and she's trained in incredible facilities serving on uh, breast cancer and therapeutic radiology advisory committees, uh, doing extensive research into oncology therapeutic agents and founded a philanthropic organization oriented to lupus. She's also become a speaker as well. Dr. E.B. first became interested in the medical field at a young age when she saw how disease affected her mother and their entire family dynamic. Her mom had lupus. and One particular doctor who treated her mom stood out. And this was the kind of professional she aspired to become herself, holistic and compassionate. It lit this fire in Sophia and led her to her current career. And today, she is known for saving lives while transforming minds. Dr. E.B.'s experiences have been integrated into a seven-pronged approach that she calls the Big C Reattitude. Dr. E.B. expounds her philosophy to patients, telling them that cancer is not a stop sign, as they might think. It really is a yield sign. She also discusses the philosophy as a best-selling author and in a series of YouTube podcasts, um, which I think is really incredible, Revelations from the Oxymorons of Life. We're going to talk about that with Oxy Life and the podcasts. And um, it's our pleasure here on Close Up Radio to talk with uh, Dr. E.B. and hear more about her mission, background, treatment approach, and inspiring ideas as we welcome her here live from Tampa, Florida, Florida, on this episode of Close Up Radio. Doctor, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you with us, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Jim, for having me. And indeed, it is a pleasure for me as well. So these sentiments are definitely reciprocated. Thank you. I appreciate that. And for the purposes of the show, I will definitely uh, refer to as Dr. E.B. I love that. I think that's really, really cool. And uh, we have a lot to talk about in the 30-minute window that we have. But first, (laughs) I I did want to go back to some of your own early-on inspirations, your own life's journey, Mm -hmm. and and even back further to the childhood when you were first Mm -hmm. realizing that mm-hmm. uh, you wanted to get into the medical field, and now it's not just mm-hmm. a matter of want to be in it. You have mm-hmm. to be in it. It's a part of who you are, helping others. Definitely, and that's uh, that's certainly true. And, 
In fact, as we all know, as we gain wisdom uh, from just life experiences, we know that our experiences certainly inform uh, our present and our future, right? And so that is exactly what occurred in my life wherein I was a part of the, not just the observation, but the assimilation of knowledge and wisdom from the doctors who treated my mom. So just uh, uh, to honor brevity here, uh, my mom was diagnosed with lupus and actually died of lupus when I was 13. And uh, there were three siblings um, for my mom. uh, And my two brothers were also teenagers at the time. And what struck me uh, during the, you know, five years of my mom just battling with lupus, given that it was actually in Jamaica, third world country, and in that, in that area of the world, in addition to the time when she was diagnosed, there was not really any promising treatment. And so you can imagine the multiple flares and how she was actually treated. In terms of the therapeutic interventions, those were stars, right? Uh, and so... Uh, what occurred, and I, I was what I was impressed by, but were, were two things. My my mom had this um, really strong faith, and that was really what balanced us. Because prior to even her illness, our family was in in some turmoil, and uh, there was a lot of um, uh, the, our life was pretty rugged, and, and there was a lot of restlessness to say the least. And so that predated her actual diagnosis. But even so, she was the stabilizer. She remained strong in her faith. And so when the physicians, there were two physicians in particular, uh, Dr. Kataya and Dr. Cupidor, they were the main physicians responsible for taking care of her. And because of her strong faith, my mom, when uh, the doctors would uh, visit her to, of course, they would examine her. And even with her family, friends, visitors, she always had these encouraging words to expound. I mean, she was the one who was ill, but she was always um, just uh, divulging some words of wisdom and encouragement. And I think that really impressed the physicians, right? And so there was some requited admiration there, right? Because she was uh, really, uh, her faith was impressive, but also uh, they were great physicians. And not only did they take care of my mom in a very special manner, not but they actually conferred with us, the children. We weren't just, you know, bystanders bystanders. They we were involved in her care and the physicians actually conferred with us, encouraged us as well. And so the, those were the two things, the required admiration, which they they actually expounded. They explained to us and explicated many times how much they admired my mom for her strength and her faith and her courage. 
And they did not have to do that. And they were also interested in how we were doing, how we were coping. And I think that really impressed upon me this, 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 this collated version of a physician who not only addresses the illness, but goes beyond that to include the family and to heal not just the illness, but what is happening beneath that, what is occurring to affect how we cope with the diagnosis, and not just the patient, but the family. And that all-encompassing approach was what I admired. And so I carried that with me. But, but, but as you know, when we go through life, right, the observation, right, and the assimilation is, is the first step. But the revelation comes after, right? So I, I, I lodged that in, in my gray matter. And uh, I, I carried on with life, knowing that that was my inspiration, knowing that in the future, uh, I would likely uh, become a physician and practice as such, of course, dovetailed with everything else that I, I, I would learn in the future. Mm, it's so fascinating. Wow. What revelations and inspirations you've had, Doctor, along the way. Uh, you also yeah. studied at prestigious facilities such as Harvard Medical School and Memorial mm-hmm. Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, mm-hmm. extraordinary mm-hmm. facilities, uh, educational institutions. Can you tell us some highlights of your medical education and experience and, and even, for instance, you once had this extraordinary task of launching an entire mm-hmm. new radiation oncology mm-hmm. department as well. Mm-hmm. So that's quite an undertaking. Ah, uh, that is quite an undertaking. But it was uh, it was also uh, I, I was quite honored actually because I'm not sure if that is known uh, to everyone and certainly all our listeners. But uh, this undertaking was executed in Jamaica. So uh, I was born in Jamaica. I think I alluded to that earlier, and I grew up there. But I trained, as you stated, in the U.S., and I was given the opportunity to launch a radiation oncology center in Jamaica by the government. And and this was spearheaded, as in my recruitment was spearheaded by uh, Everton Anderson, who is the president of um, NIH there, and and it was it was basically full circle, right? Because I gained all my my knowledge in Jamaica, so to speak, the foundation that is right, and and then my medical education in the U.S. and then I was able to give back to Jamaica. So honestly, it, it was uh, quite a a providential uh, experience, uh, I have to say, and I was quite honored. Uh, in, in terms of my med, the highlights of my medical education, it, it's interesting you ask that question because it, uh, the highlights precede that as well, right? Because I believe in uh, divine intervention, and I do believe that there are turning points. There are these milestones in our lives. There are these forks in the road where we need to make a decision. And we have what I call this guised and dispatched 
people disguised and dispatched as people, but they're really or or guiding angels. And so I entered the medical field actually after completing my PhD uh, uh, program at Georgia State University. And how that occurred is after my undergrad uh, education in Jamaica at the University of the West Indies, I received communication from one of my uh, professors there that there was an opportunity to pursue my PhD in the U.S. and his uh, his connection or his his colleague was actually a professor at Georgia State University and I'm not sure why I was chosen actually as I said I mean these things are ordained and, and I can't believe otherwise because of how it has occurred and, and just materialized and so he encouraged me to apply for this uh, for the PhD program, which is fully funded, and I did so after taking the GRE, et cetera. And of course, I was admitted. And interestingly enough, the project after being presented with multiple projects, I was hmm, intrigued really by a project involving the synthesis of DNA intercalators. Now, these are anti-cancer agents, right? They're used as anti-cancer agents. So in delving into, you know, the, the science behind DNA intercalators and, you know, uh, reading all of the publications having to do with how these are not only synthesized but employed in oncology, that then I became more fascinated with medicine and that reignited my interest in medicine. So then, of course, I, after gaining my PhD, I, I set forth to uh, obtain a medical degree. As you know, I went to Cornell, and then because I knew that I was interested in oncology, I, I sought to gain some clinical experience in my first year, which is, which is not very common. Uh, usually you wait until your third year to gain this clinical experience, and it's mostly just academic, you know, classroom experience before that. But, but I, I was so interested in gaining this, and it, it, I was literally across the street from Memorial Stone Kettering. Literally the proximity was across the street from, from Cornell, Cornell was across the street from Laurel Stone and, and therefore vice versa. And I sought out uh, Harold Portlock, who uh, was willing to have me shadow her in clinic. And then in the summer, she did not have a, and she's a medical oncologist, but she did not have a project, a research project. And I was really interested in the summer research project to see. She introduced me to Dr. Aki Yalam, who is a radiation oncologist. And uh the rest is really history. Uh, he was actually the uh, physician who, and he's a nester in the field, actually. He, ref he uh, referred me and actually provided reference and recommended me for the Harvard program. And so and that is how I gained that experience in the Harvard program for uh, therapeutic uh, oncological and um, research uh, studies. So that is it in a nutshell, really. I could right literally expound much further, but that is it in a nutshell. Yep. 
that's quite a nutshell. But it was, <laughs> yeah, well, it was it was a well, it's a large it's it's a large nutshell. <laughs> yes, but but right. it's small in comparison to what it could actually be. Is what I'm saying. There's there's yes. more. <laughs> it's, uh...